0: Life Audio.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sparkle Speak. I'm your host, Catherine. Today we have on our special guest, Kelly Campbell. Kelly survived a massive stroke at age 40 that left her physically disabled, but with a passion for prayer and other survivors. She holds a Master of Divinity in Healthcare Chaplaincy and serves on the Board of Directors for Holy Love Ministries. She's a single mother of adult sons and has two beautiful daughter-in-laws. She leads a number of serve teams at her church and loves to use her testimony to help others. I know you're going to love hearing from Kelly. Please enjoy after a few words from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. So Kelly, why don't you kick us off by just telling us a little bit about how did you first start identifying yourself as a Christian or what did that kind of look like for you?
0: Well, it's interesting because that's really two different stages. Like I really was raised Christian, like my parents, you know, always had us in church. I always considered myself a Christian, but I considered myself looking back It's more like a part-time Christian. Like I was a Christian on Sundays. I was on Wednesday nights. I was really good about being there on Sundays. I volunteered at one point. My husband and I were deacons. You know, we raised our kids in the Christian church. Uh, But looking back now, I can see that I had two separate lives. I had the life over here that it was okay that Jesus messed with. And then I had this life over here that it wasn't. Like this was the stuff I was not willing to to stop. I wasn't willing to let go of, you know, Jesus was all right with me as long as he stayed mind his own business. I would serve him and I would do all this on the weekends or on Wednesday nights, but I considered myself, I tied, I was a good person. So mm-hmm. it never really crossed my mind that what I was missing was relationship. And that was the missing piece because honestly, at that point in my life, I didn't want it. Because I felt like if I deepened my relationship with Jesus, it was going to start becoming a whole list of thou shalt not, you know, you can't do this. You can't do this. I was raised in Georgia, raised in, you know, that Bible Belt area that just very much is, is more, you know, you know more what they're against than what they're for. And so it was like living under a microscope, you know, if I got stopped or if I was hot partying or you know, my parents wouldn't drink outside the house. They wouldn't buy, you know, beer or wine in the town. They'd always get it out of town because they couldn't be caught with it. And so mm-hmm. for me, having a relationship with Jesus meant having a really strict, hard father that wasn't going to let me do anything. So that wasn't for me. I was just going to be that good person. At least looks like I followed the rules. Mm-hmm. But then right after I turned 40, And my life is, you know, a mess. (laughs) I've been married and divorced three times at this point. Before I was 38, I had been married and divorced three times. Um, I was deeply in debt. I was doing things I shouldn't be doing. And from a very rare genetic disorder, I had a stroke. And that stroke left me with my speech and my mind. Thank you, Lord. But my left side of my body is completely paralyzed. And 14 years later, it still is. And that's, I think, when that wall between the two worlds had to kind of collapse, because at that point, I had lost everything. You know, I lost my job. I lost my house. I lost my kids because God loved my ex-husband. He became a single father the split second I had that stroke. So I was in the hospital for three months. Uh, So I hit rock bottom in a lot of ways. And I do remember being in the hospital and just crying and crying and crying because it seemed to me now looking back it probably wasn't true but that was my perspective at the time that everybody else in the hospital in the rehab center was doing better than I was everybody else could move their body now they couldn't speak or they couldn't remember from moment to moment but I wasn't seeing that I was just seeing that they were using both arms and both legs and I remember going back to my room and kind of slamming the door And just crying out to God, why? Why am I not healed? I had so many people that I felt like were far more spiritual than me, that were on God's good side, that were praying for me. I just didn't understand. And I won't say it was a audible voice, but I really felt in my mind, the words, you wouldn't learn anything. Mm -hmm. And that hurt. But it that's what shattered that wall because it was was absolutely true. If Mm. he had healed me in that moment, I would have walked out of that hospital and continued to do what I was doing. Now, I'm not saying God caused my stroke. He didn't. But we live in a broken world. I have a broken body. I was born with a rare genetic disorder. That's what caused my stroke. But God had put pebbles in my path before and then a little bit bigger rocks and then He let this boulder hit so that I would turn around and stop going in the direction I was in. And I think that's truly when my walk with Christ started, because that's when my relationship started.
1: Mm, That's so beautiful. Thanks for like sharing it that way. And I guess I'm curious um, what you think about this. But when you heard that voice that said, because you wouldn't learn anything, like, that's very powerful. And it probably stung a little bit. But did you feel like overcome by love as well? Like, was it like a kindness, even with a little kick in your pants? Like, how would you describe that?
0: Just like that. I mean, at first, it was like, uh, ouch, you know, like, really? But then it only took a second to kind of realize, you're right. And I'm sorry. And I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to continue down this path. It's not the right path. And it really did change my attitude. I was kind of grump. I was not the best patient initially, you know, <laughs> cried a lot, complained a lot. I would refuse to go. Like most of the time during meals, people would eat in the gym. So if you think about it, it's like a hospital with a very large room that we did rehab in, but it also was kind of the lunch room. I would refuse to go. I wouldn't eat in there with them. I, I mean, the split second I got done with my rehab i was back in my room and i'd shut the door and then i i there was a softness that came over and it's like then i started seeing people the way they were instead of comparing them to myself and seeing that they had struggles too like the one lady that i was so angry cuz she could use her body she had aphasia which is a speech disorder from a stroke so badly that she was holding a peg to put in a, a pegboard and they kept asking her what color it was. It was green, and she would go red, blue, yellow. And I look up, and there's tears pouring down her face because she knows it's green, but she couldn't get it out. Aww. And this, that just softened my heart for survivors, and kind of led me down the path I'm on now.
1: Wow, that's amazing, and it it's so true that like that is how God's voice and correction of us works, where it changes us, and it can soften us and put us on a different course, but it also is just, it's not condemning or shameful. Like, it's not like you heard because you wouldn't listen and you felt like, oh yeah, I am that broken person that doesn't listen. You heard I can do better. Like I am better than that. And, and God loves me and he has good plans for me. And that's why I want to, that's what fueled you into a different path. And that is so true of how he works. Um, I can relate to it because I've heard voices from him similarly <laughs> to that. <laughs> so um, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And hopefully it helps someone who um, is trying to wrestle with, like, what does God's voice sound like when he's correcting us?
0: Right. Yeah, it, it's, it was very sweet. It was just very, I guess for me, what it said to me was, you have a future. There is life after this traumatic event. Mm -hmm. It doesn't stop now. And I think for a lot of survivors of any kind of illness or accident or life-changing event, we all wonder what's life going to look like now. You hear the term new normal, but what does that normal look like? That new normal look like? And to say, you wouldn't have learned anything. And then having that softening of my heart opened my eyes to what God said. I have a plan for you. I have a future for you. And he really did. And I would have never thought at 40 that this is where I would be. But I'm so grateful. You know, I I do tell people they often look at me like I'm crazy, but I wouldn't go back and change it if I could, Uh, mainly because I've met so many amazing people. I've gotten to have so many amazing life um, experiences. And I think a lot of times weakness can open doors that strength can't. So a lot okay. of times, I can reach people in a way that I couldn't if I was "quote unquote" whole or what the world would consider whole.
1: Wow, that is beautiful. I might title the episode "Weakness Opens Doors That Strength Can't." That's so insightful. I love that. Um, and I know we've been we've have talked a little bit about this. So if this question's redundant, we can move on. But have there been any experiences in your life? um, maybe different than this one, or if you want to just go a little bit deeper, but experiences that have really helped shape your view of God along the way and really, um, you know, make him what he is to you today.
0: Yes, I believe so. And I think, again, a lot of it came from meeting other survivors. One of the things that I've gotten very involved with is support groups and realizing that we were made for community but not just community. We were made for a community of people who understand. And, you know, as a survivor, I love my family. I love my friends, but they don't understand what I'm going through. And that's okay. Truthfully, I never want them to be able to understand. But being around other survivors, other caregivers, and being able to say, I go through this and somebody saying, oh, I do too. That's, I think, such a picture of heaven to me that's just such a picture of that godly community saying you know we we bind together to we all we always say look we present differently we've all had different experiences different types of strokes different types of brain injury you know multiple sclerosis whatever it is um but there's this thread of commonality that we all have and isn't that true of Christianity that we all look a little different? We may all worship a little different, we may have different theologies, but there's that thread of commonality that keeps us together, just having gone through
1: you know what you've gone through with your recovery, you know going through this disability that you never anticipated, how have you seen God really show up for you as you've recovered and in what ways have you seen him kind of be there?
0: I think for me, the biggest one has been how he has helped me redefine what healing looks like to the worldly eye. If you saw me today and you saw my cane and you saw my leg brace and you saw my wheelchair and the fact that my left arm doesn't work, people want to, the people want to pray for me to get healed. And I I always kind of stop them and go, I appreciate your heart, but I am healed. I am healed um, emotionally, mentally, spiritually family-wise, financially, there are in so many areas of my life that because of this, because of the body that I live in, which is so temporal, you know, when you face it, when you put it up against eternity, that I am healed. And I think that was a huge mind change that did lead me well to start leading support groups so that we could walk this path of saying, let's stop focusing on what the world says we don't have and start focusing on what God has given us, which is, a healing in this area and a healing in that area and and the way he opens doors. And it was almost 10 years after my stroke when God opened the door for me to go to graduate school, to go to seminary and get a master's of divinity in healthcare chaplaincy. And I mean, I would have never thought of that. And I certainly wouldn't have thought as a survivor, I could do seminary. And so that's been That's been a blessing that God has kind of kind of given me that strength and that uh, ability to do that. So if you really think about how Jesus was crucified, you know, we always think about the palms of the hands and the feet. But it was really that these large, almost like railroad spikes went through his wrist and then through the ankles, both ankles. So he really came back very disabled. He would not have been able in a physical human body to walk. But the fact that he didn't hide those scars, the fact that he showed these open wounds and said, you know, I'm not, he could have come back in a perfect body and chose not to. And that's very, very telling, I think to me, and at least it is. And so I think that's important. So I absolutely agree with that, that we have to hold on to the fact that scars tell stories and we should not ever be ashamed of scars.
1: Exactly. I mean, it, it... You nailed it when you said we shouldn't be ashamed. There's purpose in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like in Genesis, I think it's 50-20, I believe. I could, I could have that transposed. But um, it's the scripture where it talks about um, the story of Joseph and how he says what um, the enemy intended for evil, God intended for good to save many lives. And so it's like, yeah, these things are a result of evilness and brokenness and sin in the world. It's not how it was perfectly ever intended to be in you know God's perfect world but as a result these things do happen but God will use it for good and the enemy always wants to harm us with it but if we surrender it to the Lord he can create beauty from the ashes and so i think your story is so perfect i like that you say that you say you know i am healed i my scars the the my physical scars are producing strength and a light for the world to draw them closer to Jesus. So that's really beautiful.
0: And then she said, I don't have to evangelize. I don't have to proselyze." people always are coming up to me going, you have such a good attitude. You have such a good life. And then that gives me the chance to say, well, it's my faith. This is my story. Uh, so we don't have to shove it down people's faces. And, and I also want to kind of backtrack just a little. I also very much hold to the story in one of the gospels where the, they meet a blind and they meet a, a blind man and the disciples ask who send him or his parents. And Jesus said, nobody, this was done so that my glory can be seen. And so I, I honestly, the church I was going to, when I had my stroke, wasn't super healthy and I had just gotten home from the hospital. So we're talking about, I had a stroke on July the 7th. I did not get home until after Labor day. So it has been a long few months for me. And they send a deacon over who tells me that despite my behavior, God isn't punishing me. And I just kind of looked at him and said, I never thought God was punishing me. Punishment was nailed to the cross. Mm -hmm. You know, is there some discipline in this? Yeah, sure. But no, I was not being punished for my behavior or my sin. God did not cause me to have a stroke because I was such a sinner that I deserved it. I, like you said, we live in a broken world. I was born weird. I was missing something in my genetic code. It just happened. But because it happened and because I was willing to say, all right, Lord, whatever you want out of this, let's do it. I'm terrified. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was absolutely terrified. I'm like, what is life going to look like? And and there are days, I'll be honest with you, that I do miss my old body. There are days or, or when there's like, stairs that i can't get into and unfortunately the american with disability act was only passed in 1991 which is you know just 35 years ago so if i go to a building that was built before then they don't have to be handicapped accessible and what's worse and a lot of people don't know this is that in order to get ada passed they had to exempt churches So churches are not required by law to be handicapped accessible. They should be by Jesus, but Mm -hmm. you can build a brand new church and not make it accessible and it's legal. So there are days I'm just kind of like, really? But I would never have known this had I not gone through what I went through. So now I can help make change because I know it.
1: That's yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing all that. That's like very good knowledge to know and and things to even just be praying for um to help more people. so thanks for sharing that and just kinda as we close, I would love to hear from you if you have any um verses or scripture that's been on your heart or just favorite verses that you could share with us. that'd be great.
0: My favorite is first John three eighteen which says, "Let us not love in words and speech, but in action and in truth so don't just walk, talk the talk, walk the walk.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, if
0: you are out telling people like myself, if I'm saying, Hey, this is, I know this looks bad, but it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And yet I'm crying all night and complaining and posting things on Facebook about how much my life is so bad. I'm not walking the walk. I'm just talking the talk so that for me, I can kind of keep that in mind. What, how am I showing God's truth in my life in my words and what I post and uh, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. absolutely. And there will be bad days. There will be days that you are crying out why. and and. But what I tell my other survivors in our support group is cry, cry and then stop and then mm-hmm. get up. You know, you need to be sad. So that's fine. We are human and we have a range of emotions and they are God-given emotions. So don't try to hide from them. Uh, I had somebody last night tell me it's harder to talk Trying not to cry than to just go ahead and cry and mm-hmm. then talk. And then she was right. So,
1: yeah. And we, I mean, we were given tears for a reason. Our body's trying to release those emotions somehow. So, you're absolutely right. Do it and then stop <laughs> and
0: then move on.
1: Yep. Be victorious.
0: It'd be victorious. That's exactly right. Get out of the pit and be victorious.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. I think that um, your story is you know, of course, unique because of, you know, what you've gone through and and being a stroke survivor. And so I really appreciate you coming on here to share because anyone else who is walking that walk themselves or knows somebody who is, I just hope and pray that they are encouraged by this or can pass it along to someone and that it can speak into their lives as well. Amen. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Sparkle Speak. As always, you can find us at sparklefaith.com or head over to our partners at lifeaudio.com where you can hear more podcasts just like this one. Don't forget to check out our show notes to find all of our social media. And as always, don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, share this with people that you think would enjoy hearing. It really helps us more than you realize and allows us to keep doing what we love to do, spreading the hope and love of Christ with others. So Thank you so much for being here, and we will see you next episode. Bye. Hey there, it's Carly Mercurier, host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.